What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. Yo, 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 what's up, divers? Welcome to Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. And I just got to start with, I am so excited. We are talking dynasty rankings. I'm just starting this series. We're starting with the quarterback position. And man, let me tell you, did I find so many surprising things when I was doing the research to put together this podcast. So we got a lot to talk about. But just so you guys know, I am up on YouTube now. Make sure you go check it out. Subscribe for some top-tier content. I'm going to be putting up a bunch of five-minute videos here and there about, you know, random things, honestly. It's all obviously going to be all fantasy. I am going to have a, you know, five-minute video on just player analysis, whatnot. I have thrown up a Lamar Jackson one, and we're going to talk about him a little bit here today. But I've also thrown up a Terry McLaurin one. And just go check out the YouTube. It's Deep Dive Fantasy Football. There's going to be a lot of good content up there. And it's going to be quick. It's not going to be anything that takes a lot of time. Probably release a couple a week. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, after you check out the YouTube, and after mentioning that, we can get into the Dynasty quarterback rankings. And we got to get on the same page like usual, right? So I'm going to tell you guys exactly what I'm looking for, what I'm looking at, how I like to build my rankings. And the first thing that matters to me a lot is numbers, of course, but it's not regular numbers. It's not completion percentage. It's not yards per attempt. It's not um, touchdown rate or anything like that. Those things matter a lot to me when I'm building projections out because I can you know, look at team changes and see what changes amongst those things and how I'm going to project somebody for the next year. But when it comes to a long period, a long span of time, you have to look past the surrounding help. You have to look past, you know, you have to look past so many things and really just focus on the skill of the player. And yes, you take surrounding talent into account, but that's not the biggest thing. So there are four key metrics that I like to look at when it comes to assessing how much I like somebody for Dynasty. And these are the four statistics. We have money throws, true passer rating, accuracy rating, and pressured completion percentage. So what are these? Because we're going to be talking about them, so i got to explain them to you guys. First off, we have money throws. A money throw is defined, and I'm not putting this stat together. I'm just finding the stat. Uh, I use Player Profiler a lot for most of this stuff. They define their statistic money throw as a completed pass requiring exceptional skill or athleticism, as well as critical completions and clutch moments during the game. This is my clutchness rating, and that matters a big deal. Then we have true passer rating. This is basically your passer rating as a quarterback without being penalized for drops and other things like that that are out of your control. Accuracy rating. It's basically grading the accuracy of every quarterback's throw on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the most accurate, and it also considers things like placement, uh, how you set up a, a receiver to gain yards after the catch, stuff like that. So it's not just, did you throw the ball to him and did he catch it? It's, did you throw it in front of him, the direction he's running that helps set him up in stride and help him get more yards. It's you know very detailed, so that's the accuracy rating. And lastly, pressured completion percentage is exactly what you think it is. When they are under pressure, what is their completion rate? How do they handle the pressure? So those are the four stats we're going to look at. But also, we have to consider a lot of things when finding you know, where we want to put a quarterback in our dynasty rankings. For me, it's the overall talent. That's what the numbers are for. The situation, so the surrounding talent, coach, etc. Their rushing ability, because at this point, if you don't realize legs make a fantasy quarterback way better and improve their consistency, improve their floor, improve their ceiling... I don't know what you're doing because rushing ability is probably the second most important thing for a fantasy quarterback. And then the defense that they play with. So this is going to be something very limited because defenses can get really good or really bad fairly quickly in the NFL. But just for like projecting a year forward or two years forward, rarely 
Rarely you will find a good fantasy quarterback that has a good defense on the opposite side of him. All right, there's one super, super outlier in this case, which would be Lamar Jackson. We're going to talk about why later on. But most of the time when a defense is really good, the quarterback on the other side doesn't have a lot of pass volume. They don't have to pass the ball much. They're often, especially if they're a good quarterback, winning games you know, so much and such a positive game script that they're just going to be running the ball. They're not having to play catch up and throw more and get more yards and more touchdowns because their defense is giving up points. So they need to put more points on the board to keep up. All of those things, when you have a bad defense, help your quarterback for fantasy. So that's why I also consider the defense on the other side. So with that said, we're starting with Patrick Mahomes. He's also age is something you need to uh, account for. Patrick Mahomes is 25 and here are his numbers. He is second in the league in money throws. Nobody should be surprised. Nobody should be surprised about any of these, honestly. 12th in accuracy, 11th in pressured completion percentage, and 4th in true passer rating at 119. He is elite in every sense of the word. As a passer, he is elite. He also has an elite offense, an elite coach, an elite supporting cast with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Even You could even throw McCole Hardman in there if you wanted to. He's the best NFL quarterback. He also has a good enough amount of rushing. Not great, not elite, not anywhere near elite, but he has enough rushing that it gives him the most upside in the league. Either him or the next guy we're talking about, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's 23, and he is 10th in money throws. That was nice to see. 16th in accuracy rating, about average. 27th in pressure completion percentage. He definitely needs to improve there as a passer. And 15th in true passer rating at a 99.5. So it's clear that Kyler Murray needs to develop and improve as a passer, especially in the midfield throws. If you watch him, he's good on the long ball. He's good on the short out route, short slant stuff. But over the middle, in that 10 to 20 yard range, he really needs to improve. But I think it can it can happen. You know, he could do it. And if, even if he doesn't, his legs give him the most upside of any quarterback. Well, what do you mean, Brandon? He's not the best rusher. Lamar's the best rusher. But the thing is, is Kyler Murray has a way better passing game and a way better arm than Lamar Jackson does. So even if Lamar Jackson has a higher rush ceiling, Kyler Murray's combination of passing and rushing, the best, the second best rushing in the league after Lamar Jackson, Gives him the best ceiling in fantasy football. That is why he is my number two. He has the best ceiling. He is also super young. He has a developing offense, a head coach who's really just getting his toes wet in the NFL. And we could, you know, make the assumption that he will improve. And yeah, that's why I love Kyler Murray. It's the legs. It's the arms. It's DeAndre Hopkins and the youth and just projecting forward. So many things look good for Kyler Murray. He is my... Um, my quarterback too, he was great. He was topping his first eight games of the season this year were topping the insane Lamar Jackson season. They topped the insane Patrick Mahomes season. So he's shown us the upside that you want in a quarterback. Now, the third quarterback also has good legs. And while they've gone down a little bit every year, it's not because of lack of talent. It's just because he started to throw the ball a lot more. He is also very young in the same draft class as Josh Allen, or I mean, as Kyler Murray, dang it, I gave it away. It's Josh Allen, 24 years old, and I believe he's same draft class or no, is he the year after? Man, I can't even remember, but you know what I'm saying. They're both super young. They both have just recently come into the league. Josh Allen, here are his numbers. This is uh, this is pretty good because if you remember what Josh Allen was when he came into the league, this is such a big improvement. He is fourth fourth in money throws, 17th in accuracy rating, to even think that he is anywhere near average when he was so inaccurate, just wild where he was placing the ball when he first came into the league. That's a huge improvement. 13th in pressured completion percentage. That is insane to me because Josh Allen is somebody that when he faces pressure, he might just roll out of the pocket, no longer be in pressure, and then throw the ball. But when he stays in the pocket and has somebody coming up about to just demolish him, he is still very accurate, 13th. And then he's 11th in true passer rating, which is also very good, 103.4. I was very surprised by all of these numbers. All these passing numbers was very surprising to me. He also has a good cast. He has the rushing ability, very similar to Kyler. 
and he shows continued progression from year to year to year to year. He just has gotten better and better and better. Now, he is getting to the point where I don't know how much better he can get. Uh, he can get better for the team, but in terms of fantasy, I don't, I'm not sure how much better he can get. But I love Josh Allen because of his youth. He's a big body who's going to last in this league a long time. And he has shown us with his recent passing numbers that even when he eventually loses his rushing ability, because everybody does, eventually when he does in, who knows, six years, seven years, because we're talking super long term here, he will still be a good fantasy quarterback because of the arm right? So, and he has one of the best arms, strongest arms in the league. So I have Josh Allen at three. So, so far that's Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Now at four, I have Deshaun Watson, 25. He's eighth in money throws, 12th in accuracy rating, 20th in pressured completion percentage. So he definitely needs to work on that there. That was something I was concerned about in the beginning of the season. If you guys have been with me since that long, I remember in week one, I was talking about how when Watson was under pressure, he wouldn't look downfield. He would kind of keep his eyes down and just try and avoid the pressure. And he needed to improve on that. He did as the season got on, but he still needs to continue to do so. And then third in true passer rating, third, 121.7. So this is one of the highest marks, right? So Deshaun Watson is a really good passer. He's not just a running quarterback. And if you've noticed the theme, right? Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, all of these guys have legs. And that is what you need in a fantasy quarterback nowadays because there are a lot of people that have legs. And if you don't have the legs, unless you're Patrick Mahomes, it makes a huge difference for fantasy. So he does have that. Obviously, we know he does. And the biggest thing pushing Deshaun Watson down to... to quarterback four, because he could be quarterback two. He could be quarterback three. The reason he is four for me is because of the inept organization he plays for, right? They don't even have their GM situation figured out, their head coach situation figured out. They are going to probably have new, like new people in so many places in this organization. They also are missing their first round pick, which is third overall right now, which is owned by Miami. And they're just not set up for success right now. They don't have much money in free agency to bring in people to help Deshaun Watson. They don't have high picks to help Deshaun Watson. And right now, he needs a lot of help. It's Will Fuller's even going to be a free agent. Who knows if Will Fuller's even back? If we're looking at Deshaun Watson, and it's very possible this is the case, Deshaun Watson with Brandon Cooks, and that's pretty much it. That's going to be a very tough situation for him to be to, for him to overcome and be great in fantasy. So that is the reason that he's been pushed down here. Now, obviously, those things can get better with time, right? And that's why I have him still up here at four, because of his talent and how good he is despite all of these obstacles he faces. But his situation needs to improve. And, you know, he might not be four next year or the year after, but over the period of time, I think he would be number four out of these guys, which is why I have him there. Now at five, you guys are probably wondering, where is Lamar Jackson? It's not here. It's not here. No, sir. At five, I have Justin Herbert, 23 years old. So some some of you guys may already be thinking, Justin Herbert at five, above Lamar Jackson. This is ridiculous. You are, you know, reacting, way overreacting to just one year of play. Well, let's not forget that Lamar Jackson, his rookie year, played like six games. They were all right. Nothing special for fantasy or for just being an NFL quarterback. Then his next full year was insane. And all of a sudden, everyone thought he was a second round pick. All of a sudden, we all loved him. Lamar Jackson is amazing. Lamar, all of this stuff. And then this year, he has been nowhere near that. He's not even a top 10 quarterback. So actually, he might be after his like last week. But this whole season, he has not been a top 10 quarterback. And so he's only done really a big year, you know, one really good year. That's what Justin Herbert has done. So I don't think putting Justin Herbert over Lamar Jackson when they basically have been really good both for one year is crazy. And here are some numbers for you. Justin Herbert is sixth in money throws. 22nd in accuracy rating, stands to improve there. Eighth, eighth in pressured completion percentage. That is amazing. This guy's a rookie. He's a rookie. Lamar Jackson wasn't even a rookie. He was in his second year. Patrick Mahomes wasn't a rookie. He was in his second year. Josh Allen was not good at all as a rookie. Justin Herbert is a rookie, and he is eighth in pressure completion percentage, sixth in money throws, 14th in true passer rating at a 
Plus, he has decent legs. He has all of these good metrics, which stand to improve as he gets better. And he has a bad coaching staff that we make fun of all the time. Imagine what happens when he has a good coaching staff. And like I said earlier, he has a good chance for development. I love me some Justin Herbert, which is crazy. I never would have thought I would be in this position because coming out of college, I wasn't the biggest Justin Herbert guy. I saw a lot of, you know, just mistakes and he didn't look, he he just didn't look the part. And all of a sudden, once he came into the NFL, he left all the bad behind. And it made me believe, okay, it might be because in Oregon, he had no help. And, you know, he had, he felt like he was forced to be the hero on every play and he didn't have playmakers around him. And now that he does, you can really see how good Justin Herbert is. So Justin Herbert is my fifth quarterback in Dynasty. And now we get to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is 24. And this is why. Okay, I did not think I was going to have Lamar Jackson this low, but I had to move him this low because of these numbers right here. 18th in money throws. 28th. 28th in accuracy rating. This has nothing to do with Marquise Brown dropping the ball. This has nothing to do with anything. This has this doesn't accuracy rating doesn't even have to do with receivers that don't create separation. Accuracy is only based off where the ball is placed, not what happens ap- not what happens after, not, you know, none of that th- none of those things. Even if you place the perfect ball, right? Right in front of somebody to sh- in stride and they make 20 yards after the catch, or if you put the ball in the exact same spot to the same exact person and they get tackled right away and don't get the 20 extra yards, that grade scale for that throw is the exact same. So literally nothing counts except for the throw itself. He is 28th. That is so poor. That is bottom five in the league among starters. 26th in pressured completion percentage. That's bottom seven among starting NFL quarterbacks. 19th in true passer rating with a 94. That is below average. And 18th in money throws, like we said, also below average. He is the rare fantasy quarterback that is better when the team has a lead. All the other quarterbacks we've talked about and all the ones we will continue to talk about from this point on are much better when they are in a game that is going back and forth or if their team is losing. Why? Because it makes sense. Obviously, that's going to be the case. If you're losing, you're less likely to run the ball. You're more likely to throw the ball because it takes less time off the clock, gets bigger chunk plays. And it just helps you get into games quicker. Well, Lamar Jackson, when he's put in that situation, this is part of the problem, right? He's clearly not a good passer. And when he's put in a situation where his team is down, Lamar Jackson crumbles. And defenses, when they know he's not going to be running, he needs to pass the ball to get them out of this deficit, it's so easy for them, so easy for them to defend Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson loses his biggest fantasy asset. It's not his arm. His fantasy asset is not his arm. His fantasy asset is being able to run the ball. And not only the actual points from running the ball, but the threat of running the ball makes it easier for him to pass. When Lamar Jackson is on a Ravens team that one day will not have an elite defense because elite defenses don't stay around for long. Even really good defenses do not stay around for long. And right now, the Ravens defense, since Lamar Jackson has been there, has been really good. And the running game has been really good. And it's allowed Lamar Jackson to continue to run the ball utilize the play action to hit big passing plays down the field not so much this year but last year and that is what has made him so good but if you look at games where he is he has a losing record not actually not just a losing record but in games where he is losing at halftime he has not won he has not won a game that he was losing at halftime unless that stat has changed in the last two or three weeks since he's been in the NFL so with that you know in mind it shows you, and also if you look at his fantasy points in games where they are behind, it shows you that Lamar Jackson, if that defense drops off, is going to drop off big time in fantasy. And we've already seen a drop off this year, and their defense is still good. So, I mean, when you have a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is not a good passer, that's just put it simple. And you guys might be saying, Brandon, he needs help. He needs help. Yeah, he does need help. But guess what? I'm not telling you what his yards are. I'm not telling you what his touchdown rate is. I'm not telling you what his completion percentage is. We're not talking about any metrics that have to do with the surrounding help. We are talking about metrics that have to do with the talent of the quarterback only, only. So he clearly, clearly is not going to get it done as a passer, which means you need the rushing. And not only does the defense have a huge impact on his rushing ability, but also, also you have to keep in mind 
that he is 24 right now and running quarterbacks they don't last forever in terms of the rushing ability when he's 28 he's not going to be able to run the ball like he runs the ball now especially after four years of getting hit over and over and over and over and also he's just gonna be older probably not as fast hopefully he's a more developed passer so he stays in the pocket more so that's why I have Lamar Jackson down here at six and honestly if like honestly I could see him getting moved down even farther past the next guy that we have Dak Prescott I initially didn't have him this high but then I moved him up and uh, we'll talk about why on the next guy. But Dak Prescott, 27. Here are his numbers. He's 28th in money throws. He's missed 11th, or he's missed 11 games. So that's actually really good. He only played five games, and he's 28th in money throws. Fifth in accuracy rating, seventh in pressured completion percentage, and 20th in true passer rating with a 93.5. He has an amazing supporting cast, right? So the numbers are good. The numbers are good. Now we can set that aside. What are the other things we like to look at? He has an amazing supporting cast with wide receivers. He's got C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Even if one of those guys leaves, which will, will probably be the case in a year or two, he has still two great ones. Then he has Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz at tight end, both good. Then he has Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard at running back, both good. And when healthy, he has a top 12 offensive line. So all of those things are just a perfect situation for Dak. And yes, I'm obviously talking about the Cowboys here. I do believe he's going to be a Cowboy. I would be so astonished if they do not re-sign Dak Prescott. Also, working in his favor, the defense is so far from being anywhere near good, this will keep him passing a lot. It'll inflate his passing numbers for fantasy. He's going to be throwing the ball probably top five in the league for pass attempts the next three, four years if he stays a Cowboy because that defense is so far from being good enough to you know bring his pass attempts down. And I believe he gets re-signed like we talked about. He also has decent rush stats. You know, his first three years, I believe, he had six rushing touchdowns. That went down a little bit. But he has enough rushing that combined with his passing make him really good for fantasy football. So I love me some Dak Prescott. He is my seventh quarterback in Dynasty. Now at eight, we have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, he's 24 years old, much older for being a rookie because he stayed in college for longer than most. But... 24th in money throws he missed six games so that would be higher so here's the thing the money throws are an accumulation stat right it's a how many throws or money throws do you have so it's an accumulation stat that's the only one the accuracy rating the pressure completion percentage the passer rating all of those are averages it doesn't matter how long you've played for those it's just based off what you did play right it's not an accumulation it's an average so 24th in money throws missed six games that would obviously be higher if he played the whole season Ninth in accuracy rating. That's awesome. 35th in pressure completion percentage. He needs to work. You know, he needs a lot to work on there. But if we're looking at the Bengals offensive line, I'm not surprised that he's 35th in pressure completion percentage just because, once again, it, it's only based off Joe Burrow, right? Not a not a based off the offensive line. But what I'm saying here is that if the offensive line has been so bad and he's been pressured so much and he's been hit so much, it gets to you. It gets to you as a quarterback. And I think it got to Joe Burrow. He started, you know, probably, you know, he wouldn't admit this, but any human would feel this way. He was probably scared back there. Like, you know, people are coming after him and getting to him in seconds every single play. So anytime he saw pressure, knowing how many times he got hit before and how much they hurt, he probably was, you know, not in the best headspace. So that would make sense. I'm sure that will get better. And then he had an 84 true passer rating, 24th in the league. So he has lots to work on as a passer, right? But he also has a lot going for him. I had Joe Burrow actually at quarterback eight, not for dynasty, but at quarterback eight for redraft this year. And it was based off how bad the Bengals defense is, how much Joe Burrow is going to have to pass the ball. The fact that Joe Burrow also has rushing upside that people don't really realize he does. And we saw a little bit of this year. Not that I expect him to be like a Kyler Murray, but in that like Dak Prescott range. And um, that he also is going to be having like a good supporting cast with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Auden Tate, who you guys know I love. And hopefully he gets a, gets a, a good opportunity next year for Dynasty because I'm holding him everywhere. And I'm sure if you guys have bought him anywhere, you're holding him as well. So, and also, yeah, go buy Auden Tate. 
by the way. Side piece there. So Joe Burrow, he's eighth for me. It's the thing that brought him down here was the ACL, MCL injuries. You know, together in the same knee, that is what moved him down under Dak Prescott for me. He may miss the beginning of next season, so that has to be factored in. You know, yes, dynasty is over a long period of time, but if you know a quarterback is going to miss the first six weeks or the first eight weeks of a season before you're drafting this offseason, then you're obviously not going to take them above somebody that is pretty much just as good as them but won't be missing that time. So that's why I moved Dak Prescott above him. Um, despite Dak being a little bit older and having right now the question in free agency, but I don't think it's a question. I think he gets re-signed. But yeah, so Joe Burrow might miss the beginning of the season. He was not good when pressured, but it's a small sample size. He'll probably improve there. The Bengals' defense has a long road ahead, just like the Cowboys' offense. Okay, these guys are in similar situations. Joe Burrow just doesn't have as good of an, as good of an offensive line. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. <laughs> um, but... The negative game script that Joe Burrow is constantly in is going to keep him up there for pass numbers. He's going to have high pass yardage, high pass attempts, probably going to have to keep up on the scoreboard. So he's going to have a high touchdown number very soon. I like Joe Burrow because of all those things. And that defense is not going to get better soon, just like the Cowboys. So I love it. And you can kind of see uh, one other thing I wanted to say about Joe Burrow because he's my guy. So I got to defend him a little bit here. Something that could explain the bad passing metrics also is when you're always in negative game scripts. All right, we can see that with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's defense this year has not been good, right? And in games where they've fallen behind, Russell Wilson was throwing three interceptions or had a fumble and two interceptions. And that's when all of a sudden Pete Carroll's like, all right, we need to quit this right now. We need to keep the defense, our defense off the field so that they, when they are on the field, they can be a little bit better be more energized. We need to run the ball, get back to what was always good for Seattle, which is running and then high efficiency in the pass game. And once they did that, Russ got, his pass numbers got way better, but his metrics were not good when he was in negative game scripts. Because when you're a quarterback in a negative game script, you're always trying to be the hero. You're always trying to come back. You're forced into making decisions that you wouldn't make if you were winning the game. So that's also a big reason I think Joe Burrow has such bad numbers in not such bad I mean ninth in accuracy there you go that's already really good uh 24th and money throws was good considering he's only played six games it would probably be around like 12th or 13th if he played the whole season it's just the pressure completion percentage the true passer rating those are probably bad because of that situation we just discussed now at nine I have Russell Wilson 32 he is the first guy anywhere near his 30s to be discussed so far and that's because of how good he is. Fifth in money throws, fourth in accuracy rating, fifth in pressure completion percentage, and seventh in true passer rating, 110.8. And if you look at the combination of all of these numbers, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Of course, obviously we already knew this. He is a good passer in every situation. And now he has weapons with DK Metcalf added to Tyler Lockett. But unfortunately, the thing that holds Russell down, I would move him up despite his age if it wasn't for Pete Carroll wanting the offense to run the ball, which I don't blame him. Four, we saw the reasoning this year. We just talked about it, right? We talked about all that Russell Wilson stuff and how once they ran the ball more, it brought Russell Wilson back to his efficiency and everything. So I don't blame Pete Carroll for being that way, but that is what holds Russell Wilson back because he has a lack of volume in terms of pass attempts compared to all these other guys, even though the defense is not that great. So when the defense gets better, he'll have an even less amount of pass attempts to you know give you less opportunities for fantasy points. Also, his rushing production as he's gotten older has gone down. So it's hard for him to be super consistent and reliable week to week. But like I said, he's the first quarterback above 30 years old to be ranked this high. And, you know, that's honestly, some people think it might be disrespectful to have Russell Wilson at nine. I don't think it is because I'm thinking about dynasty, not just a three to five year window, but just dynasty in general. You know, if you're in a league that's going for a long time, age does matter. So that's why he's at nine for me. And then at 10, I have another guy who is above 30, Ryan Tannehill. He's 32. He is 15th in money throws. Oh, and I want you guys to pay attention to this, all right? Because Ryan Tannehill has been insane, right? He's been insane. He's been super efficient. But these, these right here, these numbers right here are not based on anything except for Ryan Tannehill. 15th in money throws. So average, 23rd. 23rd in accuracy rating, far below average. 23rd in pressured completion percentage, far below average. And then true passer rating, second at 124.2. So 
What does this mean? This means that Ryan Tannehill is good, yes, but I expected much higher uh, metrics in these four categories. These are the four numbers that I like to look at that I think build and mold you know, the talent level of a quarterback in an understandable way, but also in a way that you know accounts for everything. And so that's why I use these four numbers, these four metrics. And I expected higher numbers based off how crazy efficient Ryan Tannehill has been all year this year and all year last year. And I was not I was not happy with these numbers. So the thing for me is that this shows you how good one his supporting cast is because his numbers that include things like his supporting cast, like for example, yards per attempt, touchdown rate, things that are affected by his supporting cast are way better than these numbers. So that shows you how good AJ Brown is, how good Jonu Smith is, how helpful Corey Davis is, how helpful Derrick Henry is, and most importantly, how good Arthur Brown is, their offensive coordinator, at building a scheme, scheming people wide open, building a scheme that you know relies on the run and opens up the passing game. So I, I really like this. This right here made me like Arthur Brown as a head coach candidate even more than I already did. So the best thing going for Tannehill is his yak monsters that we just talked about. Corey Davis, John Smith, AJ Brown. Corey Davis will probably be gone. But then the the threat of Derrick Henry running the ball, all of these things help Tannehill immensely. And they help his passer rating in general as well. His other numbers, they need to be better. But with his age, not too old, and with all the question marks with the guys we're going to talk about soon, it's either question marks or it's age concerns with everyone after this. That's what made Ryan Tannehill go all the way up to 10. I was not expecting him to be up to 10, but I also expected, it's weird, it's a combination. I didn't think I was going to have him this high, but I also expected his numbers to be better than they are. It's just because of all the questions for the next guys, and the next guy we're going to talk about is Carson Wentz, but first we're going to take a quick break. What's up, divers? Do you enjoy a good workout like me? Are you trying to get built? If so, you need a good source of protein after to get maximum gains. Luckily, your boy, talking about myself, just got sponsored by Built Bar. So you can get some awesome protein bars at 10% off with my code DEEPDIVE. Just check out BuiltBar.com where they have so many sick options. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, take a second to pause the podcast right here. That's right, you heard me right here. And drop me a rating or review, and if you are feeling super generous, you can choose to support the podcast monthly through the link on the episode page or found in the website podcast section. With that being said, as you know, let's get back to the content. Alright guys, welcome back. Carson Wentz at quarterback 11 in my dynasty rankings. He's 28 years old, and I already know, I already know I have to defend myself here, because you're probably thinking, Carson Wentz just got benched. Carson Wentz has not played good at all this year. And all of those things are true. I cannot argue those things. But when it comes to Carson Wentz, and if you guys don't want to take him this high, if you don't agree with this, I do not blame you. But Carson Wentz fully comes down to faith. Do, do, you, have, do you have faith in Carson Wentz to bounce back? The answer to me is a resounding yes. I do believe Carson Wentz will bounce back. And I do believe he will get back to that good, really good quarterback that we saw earlier in his career if you do not believe that then obviously you're you're disagreeing right now you're obviously disagreeing with the fact that I have him at 11 but if you believe in him you know he's 28 so he's not too old he has a contract situation that basically forces him to be a starter next year there's no way he stays in Philadelphia and he does not start now maybe Jalen Hurts is the starter for Philly next year but that means that Carson Wentz is somewhere else and if he went to reunite with Frank Reich like we talked about on the last episode in Indianapolis I would love that that would be amazing and then I would definitely have him ranked here 100% I would be fully confident in it but as of right now yes is it a little bit risky yeah it is for sure 14th in money throws 34th in accuracy rating 33rd in pressured completion percentage 31st in true passer rating with a 70.6 all of those numbers other than the money throws are bad but the money throws and remember it's an accumulation stat so he's missed four games that Jalen Hurts has started or played in, I guess. J- technically, Jalen Hurts has only started three games. But 14th in money throws, he could be top 10 in money throws if he's played the whole season, despite being bad at everything else. The money throws shows you the potential he has to be clutch, the potential he has to make big throws and big-time moments. And 
He still has that ability. He's just been making so many bad decisions. And I think, you know, if his decision-making doesn't regress like it has this season, if it, it just progresses and gets, or positively regresses, I should say, and gets back to where it was earlier in his career, he is going to be so much better, especially even if he stays in Philly, even if he stays because they're going to add, you better believe they're going to add some wide receiver help. It's either going to be in the first round or second round this year or free agency, but that, that'll be tough because of the money situation. But they are going to add help with Jalen Rager. So he will have Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, a healthy offensive line, which has been the biggest problem this year, Miles Sanders, and another threat in the passing game. So even if he stays in Philly, I really am fine with Carson Wentz because he's going to have to start because of his contract situation. So if you believe in him, if you believe in him, then having him up here at 11 is not a big deal. But if you don't believe in him, then you probably think I'm crazy. I do believe in Carson Wentz, and uh, I think a fresh start may be what he needs most. So I, I would really like to see him somewhere else, not only because I want to see Carson get the fresh start that I think he needs, but also because I want to see Jalen Hurts as a starter in the NFL. And I think that his best place to do that is in Philly. So Carson Wentz at 11, then Aaron Rodgers at 12. Now, if you guys want to take Aaron Rodgers over Carson Wentz, that's fine. Aaron Rodgers probably has one or two really good years in him. But after that, I wouldn't say that's the case because Aaron Rodgers is very reliant on the talent of his arm. He's not like a Tom Brady or Drew Brees, meticulous, um, you know, like mind-centered. I'm trying to, trying to think of the, the way to explain it. But he's not like the guy that just beats you with his mind. He's, he's more of the guy that beats you with his arm. And that obviously diminishes while your mind does not. So Aaron Rodgers probably not going to be great for too long, and I would rather take my risky shot at Carson Wentz. Like if I was doing a dynasty startup super flex draft right now, I would take Carson Wentz above Aaron Rodgers, and I know that's risky, but I would do it because Carson Wentz has the upside to do what Aaron Rodgers has done, Not maybe not this year specifically, but just you know in general for fantasy, Carson Wentz has top five quarterback upside, and he's much younger. So that's why I would rather take Carson. But Aaron Rodgers at 37, he's 7th in money throws, 3rd in accuracy rating, 10th in pressured completion percentage, and 1st in true passer rating, 130.9. He has been insane this season. But there's lots of moving parts. This is another reason why I have Aaron Rodgers so low. Lots of moving parts. Moving part number 1, will Green Bay address wide receiver? Will they look at what Aaron Rodgers has done this season and say, see, we didn't need to get a receiver. All you guys were smashing us. We didn't need a receiver. Look at what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Look at what Devontae Adams is doing. It doesn't even matter who we have after that. If that is the case, if they don't add and address that wide receiver room, that's not going to be good because for Aaron Rodgers to keep pace for what he's done this season over next season or even the next season after that, it's not going to happen. You need to give him more help. Will Aaron Jones get re-signed? That's another big part of the passing game. If Aaron Jones is not re-signed and they're going in with A.J. Dillon and... Jamal Williams, that's not going to be great for Aaron Rodgers. So you not only have the question at the receiver room, but also the question at the running back room. Here's another question for you. Will that defense get better and reduce Aaron Rodgers' pass attempts? That defense has a lot of young guys. That defense has a lot of studs, a lot of marquee names. And Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, Darius Smith being like three really big ones. If that defense improves... All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to throw the ball as much. And the you know the weight of a win does not rest on his shoulders because he also has a good defense. Bringing his pass volume down, like what we see with Russell Wilson a lot, then he might not be that great for fantasy. So those are the three questions that don't have to do with Rodgers, that have to do with the team situation. But then we have the question about Rodgers himself. How long can he keep it up? How long can he keep this up? I don't think it's very long. So that's why I have him here at 12. Then Matthew Stafford comes in at 13 for me. He is almost 33. He's a couple months away. He's 23rd in money throws, 10th in accuracy rating, 36th in pressured completion percentage. That's really bad. 97.0 uh, true passer rating, which is just NFL average at 16th. So it's very possible Detroit tries to move on from Matt Stafford, but I find it unlikely. He has dealt with injuries pretty consistently, which is concerning. But in my opinion, his fantasy fate depends heavily on the head coach and offensive coordinator hires. If they hire some guys with some potential for building a good offense, you know, a younger guy that we haven't seen much of 
from like a McVay tree or a Kyle Shanahan tree or an Andy Reid tree or whatever the case may be. If they get somebody that has potential to just build a sick offense, then I really like Stafford because he's only 33. That's only one year older than Tannehill. That's only one year older than Russell Wilson. So he has so much potential and he has plenty of years to be really good. He can have another five really good years in him as a passer. So And Aaron Rodgers himself, the guy we just talked about, loves Matt Stafford, and he talks about how underrated Stafford is and how amazing he is at making crazy throws that, you know, most people in this league cannot make. So I like Stafford a lot, and not only do we have to look at, you know, what happens with the coaching situation there, because like I said, I do believe he stays in Detroit, but also what happens with the receiver room, because guess what? Kenny Galde, free agent. Marvin Jones, free agent. Danny Amendola, free agent. So they're going to have to re-sign some of these guys. Do they bring back Marvin and Kenny? Unlikely. Do they bring back Kenny? Hopefully. But he might not even be interested. Do they bring back Marvin? If they don't bring back Kenny, they they better bring back Marvin. Um, But they also have a high pick that they might address the receiver room with if they only re-sign one of these guys and then, you know, draft somebody high to help Stafford out. But with DeAndre Swift, a pretty decent offensive line, hopefully Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, he's got weapons. And so if he gets the the right coach and they just retain some of these weapons, I really like Stafford. And at that point, I would take Stafford above Rodgers. Like if these things get confirmed, if they get a good coach and they keep Kenny Galladay, whether or not they draft somebody else, I would take Stafford over Rodgers based off that because of the four-year age gap. Actually, almost five because Stafford's not 33 yet. He's about to be. Tua Tagovailoa comes in at 14. He's 23 almost. He's a couple months away. Here are his numbers. 33rd in money throws, right? Limited games. So don't even look at that because that's the accumulation stat. Now here we go. Second in the NFL in accuracy rating. Now, if you look at it, you know, that's first off, that's pleasantly surprising. But part of it is likely because he's unwilling to take many chances downfield. So, you know, passes that are much harder to be accurate on that are downfield. He's not taking those chances. He's not throwing those passes. Therefore, his accuracy rating is going to be higher. But still, to have an accuracy rating of second overall, when you have plenty of other guys that don't take those shots downfield, we're talking uh, Teddy Bridgewater takes a couple, but not many. Um, Drew Brees doesn't take many shots downfield. You know, you have those guys that are very similar in that sense, and their accuracy rating is not this good. So Tua shows that he is still very accurate, just like he was in college, and you know, he doesn't have great upside. That's part of the reason I have him at 14. If that defense was horrible, I would have him higher. But that defense in Miami is one of the best defenses in the NFL. You could make the argument that they are the best defense in the NFL. And they're not going to get worse. They're only going to get better, in my opinion, especially with a defensive-minded head coach like Brian Flores, who was uh, the linebacker coach for Bill Belichick. He's like the first successful coach from the Belichick tree, which is also pretty cool. And it's I'm sure it frustrates Belichick because it's in his own division. But um, that defense is going to make it where Tua never has to throw much. And I have a perfect example as to what I mean, right? Think about Drew Brees. You guys remember the Drew Brees that was 5,000 passing yards every season? You could just check the box before the season even started, like 100% confident that Brees is going to break 5,000 yards again, and he did it over and over and over. Why? Why was that the case? Because their defense was atrocious. Their defense forced Breeze to continuously have to have one of the best offenses in the league and throw the ball among the, you know, the most in the league and try and win his team games in that way because his defense wasn't doing anything. And that's why Drew Breeze was amazing for fantasy, obviously, because he also is amazing. But once that defense, boom, right when that defense flipped a switch, right when that defense turned around after them hitting, after they hit on a lot of good draft picks and brought in a couple free agents and that defense became good, all of a sudden... Drew Brees went down for fantasy because he didn't have to pass the ball 650 times. He was only passing the ball 550 times. That 100 pass attempt difference is huge, right? He was no longer in negative game scripts every single game. All of a sudden, he was in positive game scripts. They were able to run the ball more, and they didn't feel like they had to pass all the time. So that is the case right now with Tua. Now, like I said, defenses don't stay around forever, maybe in three years, four years, I think this defense has a, a, a better lifespan than most because a lot of them are young. But in four years, maybe that defense is no longer good anymore. And now Tua has to throw a bunch. Hopefully he has separators by then. And Tua could be great. But as of right now, 
and you know a, a two to three year window if you look at it Tua is upside is very very capped especially because of his rushing so even if he has to throw the ball a whole bunch he doesn't have tremendous upside because he doesn't run the ball much but with that said I do think that Tua, because also, I, I think I didn't finish the numbers, 16th in pressured completion percentage, 97.1 true passer rating, which is 15th. Um, so also Tua, he has good good passing metrics, but he's throwing to guys that have no separation. I've talked about this so many times. I, don't, I can't even keep count, but he does not have what he was good at, and that's sep- throwing to guys that create separation, hitting them in stride, and letting them do the work after. And once he gets those guys, which I believe will this will be the offseason that happens, whether in free agency, when you're looking at guys like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, like all these really good receivers, or in the draft where they have a high pick, multiple high picks, and also with having the third overall pick that Houston basically gifted them at this point, um, they could very well trade back and accumulate even more picks because somebody might be wanting to come up to get a quarterback there. And if that's the case, all of a sudden they have mad ammo to add to that offense. You're talking about they could get Jalen Waddle and they could get a receiver later in the draft and have two amazing separators to go along with Devontae Parker or to go along with Preston Williams and Gasicki, whatever the case may be. They have so much ammo to get guys that separate. And if they do, Tua will be way better. But I have Tua at 14 for now. Uh, I think his upside is probably maybe like quarterback 10, quarterback 9, um, with how good that defense is. But that's where I have him. And then right after him, I have another rookie. And this rookie has way more upside than Tua because he can run the ball. You guys probably know who I'm talking about because we already talked about Herbert. We've already talked about Burrow. And now we talked about Tua, so it's none of those guys. So who am I talking about here? Obviously, Jalen Hurts. He's 22 years old. He is 29th in money throws. That's insane for playing four games. And after that, I mean, there's not enough data for the other three because the other three are not accumulation stats. So, you know, you can't just play two games and be like, oh, he's had this many money throws. Um, that You know, you need more stats. So only playing in four games, only starting three of them, there's not enough data for the rest of the stats. So we kind of just have to work off what we've seen. And, you know, he has that fantasy game-changing upside like Kyler Murray. And that's why he's up here already at 15, despite only playing four games and having questions of whether he has a starting job. And that pushes him down because honestly, he would be higher because of the rushing. He's like a Kyler Murray light to me. He's not as good of a passer. And, you know, he he definitely has potential to be a better passer because we already discussed how Kyler Murray hasn't been amazing. But right now, he's not as good as a passer, in my opinion, as Kyler Murray. And he's not as good as a runner as Kyler Murray. The only person that rivals Kyler Murray in rushing ability is Lamar Jackson. And I believe if Kyler Murray ran the ball as much as Lamar Jackson, he would actually have better numbers or at least similar numbers. But to not get too far off track, right? Jalen Hurts, he has the rushing ability. He has an arm to go with it. And like I said, he's probably less likely to get out of Philly than Carson Wentz is. So if he's in Philly and he's the starter, guys, Jalen Hurts is like quarterback probably between six and nine in my rankings on redraft leagues next year if he is the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. So I love me some Jalen Hurts and he brings upside that most quarterbacks don't bring. Then at 16, Baker Mayfield, he's 25 years old, third in money throws, 36th in accuracy rating, which is really weird. 18th in pressure completion percentage. And it's not weird because I think it should be higher. It's weird because he's 36th in that and third in money throws. So he has the potential. He's just not putting it together. 18th in pressure completion percentage and fifth in true passer rating with 118.2. He's definitely improved this year as a passer, but he has little upside without, you know, rushing ability and also being tied to Kevin Stefanski, who has a run first mindset and has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt just resigned a contract, so he's there for the long haul. I cannot imagine that they let Nick Chubb walk, so he's probably going to be there for the long haul, too, long haul too. So Chubb and Hunt both running the ball more than 50% of the play call, and that defense isn't even that good, and they're able to do that. So if their defense gets better, then that's even less pass attempts for Baker Mayfield. That's what's really limiting him, along with the fact that he doesn't run the ball much. So he, to me, is a safe and boring fantasy quarterback for super flex, he'll always be a quarterback too. Like he might have uh, some outlier years randomly here and there where he's like finishes quarterback eight or quarterback 10. But to me, 
for his career, he's going to be a reliable, solid quarterback two that doesn't win you games, doesn't lose you games. And sometimes that's what you want in a super flex dynasty as your second quarterback. So if you do, Baker Mayfield's your guy. Then we got at 17, Kirk Cousins. He's 32 years old, 11th in money throws. He really surprised me. 11th in money throws, 13th in accuracy rating, 12th in pressure completion percentage, and 6th in true passer rating with 114.1. Kirk Cousins has been really good this year, above average in everything, every single metric. And he's actually very similar to Baker Mayfield. So hopefully accuracy-wise is what Baker... Uh, Kirk is what Baker becomes because there, you know, I was actually looking at them, just not looking at stats before I was doing my stat breakdown. And when I was building out my ranking, so I'll give you a little insight on how I did this. Before I looked at the numbers, I built my dynasty rankings, right? I, I built my quarterback rankings, did the top 20. And then after that, that's when I did the research. That's when I went into the numbers. That's when I went into, you know, projecting, oh, coaching changes, blah, 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 all this stuff, right? And then I moved them around after that. So I already had Kirk Cousins and Mayfield next to each other, and then they didn't move. They were one of the few people that didn't move after the numbers much, and uh, they stayed together because I was thinking, you know, they're, they're pretty similar in a lot of ways. They're both in run-heavy offenses. They both have stud running backs. They both are, you know, quarterbacks that are not super mobile. They can be mobile if they have to, but really they stand to stay in the pocket and throw the ball to their receivers. They both have similar situations, just a lot of things that were similar to me. And then I saw how good Kirk Cousins was accuracy-wise, and I was like, man, this is what Baker Mayfield hopes to be. And if he is, then that'll be really good for the Browns. Not great for fantasy, because Kirk Cousins has never been great for fantasy, but he's been good for the Vikings, right? So um, aside from that, and just the comparison of him and Baker, age is what has him behind Baker for me, because Cousins is 32, Mayfield is 25. Um, If you're telling me, like, next year, who am I taking in a redraft? That's a completely different conversation. The answer would probably be Kirk Cousins, especially because the Vikings defense is really bad, and he's had to throw the ball a little bit more this year. And he has good weapons as well. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are a better combo right now than Jarvis. And it's really confusing to think if they're going to have Odell or not. If they have Odell, I don't even know if that's a better combo, Odell and Jarvis, than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, because not only has Odell not been like the same in a while, but it doesn't seem like him and Baker Mayfield are ever on the same page. And Baker Mayfield seems to like force the ball to Odell, and it doesn't help him. So that's super interesting as well. So I would take Kirk Cousins in a redraft, but for a dynasty, obviously I'm going to take the young guy with Baker Mayfield. And now we got three guys left. And there's only there's one guy back here that's pretty young, and that just shows you how garbage he is. But at 18, I have Derek Carr. He's 30 almost. He's 11th in money throws, tied with Kirk. 11th in accuracy rating, 18th in pressured completion percentage, and has 103.2 true passer rating, which is 12th. I was surprised by his age. I did not realize Derek Carr was almost 30. I thought he was a little bit younger. He's getting a nice offense built around him, and if he stays healthy, he can be pretty good for the next few years. But for some reason, there's always this conversation, always this talk and whispers that are John Gruden and... um. Oh my goodness, why can I not think of his name right now? The GM, Mike Mayock. Are John Gruden and Mike Mayock actually bought into Derek Carr for the long haul? There, we always hear these whispers. I think the answer is yes, I always have. But it's possible that, you know, in three years or whenever his contract is up, he gets moved on from. So, you know, we'll see what the situation is there. That's part of the reason I have him this, this low. Also, just because he ended up being older than I thought. I would have had him, you know, above Kirk Cousins, but with them almost the same age, only two years different. I was like, oh, I'll take Kirk Cousins. He's been a better, but, and he has better, better weapons as well. But I was, uh, you know, I was looking at Derek Carr and I thought he was going to be better for me. He, he's not, but at 18, he's not a horrible quarterback, especially in super flex leagues, obviously, which is if we're talking dynasty quarterback rankings, most dynasties are super flex. So I'm sure that's why you're listening to this podcast this late, late, uh, into the podcast at 18. So Derek Carr, he's not a bad option. Not a bad option. Then Jared Goff. Here we go. 26 years old. This is the guy. Here are his numbers. So you, I've been bashing him all season. I know you guys know like Jared Goff and Matt Ryan, which by the way is my quarterback 20. Jared Goff and Matt Ryan, I have been bashing all season this year for how bad they are. And boy, do the numbers support me. And it's not even close. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of nervous when I, when I was pulling up the numbers. For Jared Goff and doing the research for Matt Ryan, I was like, oh boy, 
if these numbers don't support me, <laughs> then uh, and I was just like overblowing the situation, then I'm gonna have to do some explaining on the podcast. Well, lo and behold, that is not the case at all. Your boy, spot on, spot on. Jared Goff, 20th in money throws, 20th in accuracy rating, 23rd in pressured completion percentage, 21st in true passer rating. He is 20 at best. So he's not he's not top 20. Uh, is top 20? 20 counts as top 20, right? Yeah. So he is not top 19 in any quarterback stat, in any of them. And that might not sound crazy to you, but that is trash. Why is that trash? Here's why. Because first off, Jared Goff is supposed to be a pocket passing quarterback. And if you can't tell by the way I changed my voice, that was me doing the air quotes. He's supposed to be a pocket passing quarterback with no mobility, which already hurts him for fantasy. And let's look at this too. So he's not even average in any of the passing metrics, despite having Sean McVay as a play caller, having Robert Woods as a receiver, having Cooper Cup as a receiver, having Tyler Higby, who's actually a very good receiving tight end at tight end, having you know, a decent run game behind him. And here's the biggest thing, having a positive game script. All right. If you go on player profiler, player profiler, they have a statistic called game script. And it tells you, you know, how often a team is winning by how much on average they're winning. And if Jared Goff has a positive game script, above average game script in the league, and you are that bad, in your metrics, you don't have the excuse of, oh, you know, my team is losing. I'm trying to be the hero. I'm trying to make difficult throws to come back into this game. No, 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 no. You're winning the games. You're winning the games and you're not accurate. You're winning the games and you're not, you know, making throws to move the chains. You're winning the games and your pressure completion percentage is horrible. You're winning the games and your true passer rating is horrible despite just having to stay on the field. You're not having to get three touchdowns in 10 minutes, like guys like a Joe Burrow or guys like a Justin Herbert at times. So he has no excuses. One of the best offensive coaches, one of the best supporting casts and receivers, and a game script that allows him to really just play smart, and yet he's not able to do so. Jared Goff is trash, and they regret that contract 100%, and if you don't believe so, then we are not on the same page. And lastly, Matt Ryan, 35 years old, at 20. I'd rather have Matt Ryan than Jared Goff in a couple years, but for Dynasty, you got to take the young guy. Matt Ryan is ninth in money throws. All right, that's respectable. But then 25th in accuracy rating, 22nd in pressure completion percentage, and 27th in true passer rating with an 80.8. Even worse than Jared Goff. Trash. Trash. Both of them. I've been telling you guys that Matt Ryan is not it and that he is no longer good. No thank you on Matt Ryan. No thank you on Jared Goff. The one thing that would save Matt Ryan is if he reunites with Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, a good running game. That would be the only thing that can save Matt Ryan for me in terms of like making him even like worth drafting. Because I mean, yes, you have to draft in, in, in super flex leagues because all the quarterbacks need to be drafted. But I, I want the guys that have upside and Matt Ryan doesn't have upside. Jared Goff definitely does not have upside because I mean, without the rushing, the situation doesn't get better than this for Goff, other than the fact that the defense could be bad and make him throw more so he'd have higher pass volume. But if that was the case, his numbers would probably be even worse in terms of accuracy and passer rating and all that stuff. So you'd get more numbers for fantasy a little bit, but he would be hurting his team even more. So no thank you on these guys. That wraps up my top 20 quarterbacks. I do want to say that Sam Darnold is someone that I considered sneaking in here. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was somebody I considered sneaking in here. There was a couple other guys that I considered sneaking into this this list above Matt Ryan, above Jared Goff, but it's just the staying power so far of Goff and, Goff and Ryan that makes me have them there because Teddy Bridgewater might not be a starter next year or even the year after. And Sam Darnold, I hope he's a starter, but that's there's no guarantee he's a starter either. So that's why he didn't make it in here. But if you can get Darnold for you know a, a good price, I would do it. I love me some some uh buy lowing buy, buy lowing buying low goodness gracious don't listen to my english please um buying low 
in fantasy. And I think that's what is currently the case with Sam Darnold. So get him for, you know, if you can get him for like, I would say a late second or and this is in 12 team leagues and super flex, a late second or a high third for Sam Darnold, I would do it because it's very possible that he, I would say like a 10% chance he starts in New York and they pass on a quarterback and trade back and accumulate picks to try and build the team up first. Um, and then I would say about a 90% chance that he is with another team, 50-50, uh, or I guess 45-45 of that 90%, that he's either starting next year or sits two years and starts you know, the year after. But we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. But I, I like Sam Darnold's talent. And he's also younger than a lot of people realize. He's younger than Joe Burrow is. Sam Darnold's only 23 despite him being in the year for in the league for three years. So that's interesting. But anyways, guys, that wraps up the quarterback dynasty rankings. I'm going to go over them real quick from top to bottom. We got at quarterback one, Patrick Mahomes, then Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert at quarterback five, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback 10, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts at quarterback 15, Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, and Matt Ryan finishing out the top 20 dynasty quarterbacks for me. Thank you guys for listening. I will be now going into my quarterback, or not quarterback, my dynasty rankings for running back, for receiver, for tight end. So stay with me. We're going to keep pumping out content this offseason. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Drop a rating review. Peace. Thank you.